Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I, Allison, where do you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm very excited to welcome back to the show, Phil Rosenthal, he is the host. Hello. Hello, host of Netflix's <laughs> food and travel show, Somebody Feed Phil. He is the creator, executive producer and writer of Everybody Loves Raymond. He's the author of You're Lucky, You're Funny, uh, How Life Becomes a Sitcom. He's a very, he's like, what you hear about him, if anyone knows him or has heard about him is he's the nicest guy. Oh my God, he's the nicest guy. And so I've become obsessed with finding out what is his dark side. This is his third time on the show. Welcome back, Phil Rosenthal. I love you, Allison, and I'm so happy to be back. It's been how many years? At least two, I want to say. Yeah, you were on in 2018. Because you didn't have a second Mm -mm. kid. No, I only had Elliot. You were, And I was at your house when I was very, very pregnant, I remember. And yep. I got dibs on like a good movie seat. It was really the highlight of that pregnancy. We take care of the pregnant. <laughs> yes. So, you yeah. Get so extra bu- special attention. But wait, before we move on. Yeah. You've had the theme song from the beginning. Yes. I'm here to tell you that it's a great theme song. And we cannot underestimate the importance of the theme song, can we? I agree. Your show has such a good theme song. And I, they're sort of similar in the sense that they are like sitcom theme songs. Exactly right. And they get you going. They yeah. give you a little bit of energy and fun and danceability. That's right. where they're similar, right? right. And, and that they, they signal the fun to come. And I feel they're, they're sort of like they're heartwarming. I think, or, or, or a little bit nostalgia-inducing. So when you were last on the second season, so it, the show started on PBS and was right. called I'll Have What Phil's Having. And That's then right. all sorts of, of complications, let's say, or just industry, yes. show-busy show type stuff happened. And yes. then it found a new home at Netflix. And that- Thank goodness. In 2018, that second season had just aired. So now we are two seasons later, mm. and the fourth season aired in October of 2020. Right. Right? And they're all on. Yes. Yeah. That's the nice thing about Netflix. never goes away. So I am wondering, Phil, you, you, are, you strike me as like a very outgoing, gregarious, social person – so a question in there, how accurate is that? And then the, the, B, the B part of the question is how are you handling being, you know, stuck at home? Yes. Uh, let's start by answering that with I'm very, very lucky. I feel very lucky. Uh, I want for nothing. I have a nice house. I have a nice family. We're all together. It's one of the hidden blessings of this thing is that I get Mm -hmm. to be with them more. You know, my kids are not four and two. My kids are 26 and 23. Now, how many 26 and 23-year-olds do you know that want to be with their parents every day? Right. Probably not that many. (laughs) But I have it. I have it. Now, if you talk to them, they may say, we're in hell. (laughs) But for Monica and I, Mm -hmm. we look at each other after dinner you know, most nights we get to have dinner together. And sometimes it's in front of the TV watching the Lakers or here's a movie that we want to watch or the news is important and we'll all sit together. But we're together. Mm-hmm. That is Like nice. we were a long time ago. And we're going to look back at this time not in the tragic way, you know, that that we have to look at it because tragedy's befallen 
even people close to us, mm-hmm. and, and we know people who have died even. But this hidden blessing of this time that we would never have had, this lost year in many ways, yeah. but this found year in many ways too. So it's all, it's all about how you look at it, right? Now, I answered the second part of your question first. Right. But the first part of the question is, am I naturally outgoing and gregarious? At the-? It, the show allows me to be who I would love to be. Oh, that's so interesting. The, the, in other words, I, I want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I think I am that guy. We're not often given an opportunity to be that guy because you're, you're, we're, I, I'm naturally a little bit shy and nervous. Mm. Uh, about how I'll be received. Mm-hmm. But when you walk into somewhere with a camera, and even better, when people know you a little bit, suddenly you're welcome. Right. And so once that little icebreaker has happened, it allows me to be uh, the person I want to be. Uh, in other words, hugging you and, and eating with you and having fun with you. Right. Because and, that wall is down. And zip lining. Well, that's insane. That you can blame my brother. My brother wants to torture me. That's that part of the show. And I have to say, whenever he brings up stuff like that, like you're going to go in the middle of Saigon, in the middle of a lake, in, in, in the middle of an island, in the middle of a river in Saigon at four in the morning, and you're going to you're gonna go in hip waders and you're going to pull up lotus roots and look for snails. I'm like, no, no, no. Nobody needs to see that. I don't want to do that. It sounds terrible and scary and uncomfortable. No, thank you. And he goes, you're doing it. And I say, all right. And I do it. And damn it if he's not right every time. And that's the lesson. That tiny baby step out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. is where the fun is. It's where the magic is. It's where you surprise yourself that you could do something that you never thought you would A, want to do even, and B, that you could do. I Especially thought- when you're very old like me. I thought it was um, – oh, please. You're a young pup. Um, I <laughs> thought it was very funny when you're having the uh, – I don't know if you use Zoom or Skype or now, now – I feel like now all computer conversations, FaceTime, we're just going to call them Zooms. Um, when That's you're talking right. to your dad and your wife and yes. you're talking about having ziplined uh, yes. and she's like, now you do everything. You never wanted to do this stuff before. Exactly, because I didn't have to, Monica. We weren't on television. (laughs) Well, that's (laughs) television makes you. That's what I thought. Makes you a little braver. That's what I thought was like the the parenthetical that was unspoken but understood was when she's like, "Now you'll do everything now," but the now was like because it's being filmed. (laughs) Yes, now that you're somebody, feed Phil. (laughs) Like you're such a big shot, right? There were two things no. she mentioned. You didn't want a zip line because she went zip line no. and you stayed in. And there was something else. Yes. Was it like jet skiing or something? No, like, that she hasn't done either. She's not crazy. At <laughs> I can't remember. what the, the other thing was something else sort of adventurous. I mean, because I, I relate to the like, um, no, I am fine living this life without ever skydiving. So how was zip lining? Yes. You, exactly as you see on the show. I'm a nervous wreck at first. Because it's the fear of the unknown. Right. We don't, you don't know what it's going to be like until you do it. And then you do it. And you're a nervous wreck the first time. And then you live. And then that, that zipline course is like six times, right? And each one yeah. gets a little crazier, a little longer, a little higher. But there's it's an obstacle clever. in one where you have to lean. You have to lean. You have to, you have to do the rope bridge with the spaces oh in between the steps. That, right? Yeah. A thousand feet up, it's a nerve wracking. But damn, if it wasn't by the end, I'm having fun. <laughs> that's the that's the the lesson. Is that's there it. anything that you were asked to do where you said no? Every single thing. But I mean, where you actually didn't do it. So I go to Dublin, and there's this uh, there's this beautiful little town outside of Dublin where these two very handsome twin brothers have a health food store called and they call the store the happy pair after them but it's p-e-a-r because health food and one of the healthy things they do is every day at dawn in this little town they jump into the irish sea 
in a freezing cold water. Mm. And most of the little town goes with them and they jump in the sea. And my brother says, we're going at dawn and we're going to go and maybe you'll jump in. And I say, I'll go for the breakfast that they're going to have after, but I'm not jumping in that water. I'm not an idiot. (laughs) And we go and they're jumping in the water. And I say, absolutely not. Because they get out. These these buff young guys, Mm -hmm. their teeth are chattering. They're like, they're freezing, but that they're so happy. You know, they're so happy. It was like a town full of puppies. They they were all over me. They were so sweet and friendly. They all have hot cocoa. And then we go to the store up the road all together in this gorgeous, idyllic Irish village. And the breakfast is fantastic. It's great, great food. And I get to know them. Mm -hmm. And they're wonderful. Their whole spirit was like out of a Frank Capra movie. And I say goodbye and we kiss and we hug and goodbye. And I go and I do another scene somewhere in Dublin, 40 minutes away. And during the day, I'm back in my hotel. I'm resting. And I call my brother. I said, I have good news and bad news. He said, what? I said, the good news is I think I have a great ending for this episode, which I don't usually do. We find it at editing, right? Mm-hmm. We don't, nothing's pre-planned that way. And he goes, what? What's the, what's the bad news? I said, we got to go back to that town and I have to jump in that water <laughs> with them. Because I, it, it, these people and their spirit and the feeling got in deep and I felt like I would be an ass not to do it. Mm-hmm. I should do it. And that's something I think that my brother, uh, for all the bothering, you know, for do, you know, that was in my head as well. And now it's dusk mm-hmm. when we arrive and it's raining and it's colder than it was. And I undress, and sadly, you have to see me in my bathing suit, and I jump in that water, and it's one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. It was so freezing cold. It was uh, horrible, but I'm so happy I did it. I really am. And to this day, at the end of every shower, I turn the cold water on my head for 30 seconds. Really? To remind me of that. And- the other thing it does, really, I don't know if you've ever done this. No. It wakes you up in a very good way. I was just reading. Where was I reading this? It was like on in someone's Instagram comments. Um, yeah. They were talking about how they've started doing the cold shower thing and how do you do it yeah. and how do you handle it and how long they can last. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of people who are really doing this. Maybe I need They're to They're doing it. it. I, I want you to try it, but here's what here, – I started at 10 seconds, mm-hmm. and just focus it on your head. Okay. Because if you hit like, hit your body, it's as bad as you think it's going to be. Yeah. But your head doesn't take it the same way that your body – your head is like you have hair and you have – and then whatever residual water does fall on you, you can deal with it. Okay. I mean, try I it. don't even like – I don't even – I can't – it's hard for me to force myself to like just get into a cold pool. Of course. You know, I have to like I hate it. dance around on I my hate two it toes. Too. Yes. And, yeah. Yes. I'd rather not swim if that's going to be the thing. <laughs> right. If it's not 90 degrees, I'm not really interested in the pool. <laughs> exactly. So I like it a bathtub. Let's go back to how outgoing you are because you, you answered that the you on the show is who you want to be. But just yes. from knowing you a bit in real life, yes. you are, you know, you host a lot of things. Like yes. you have movie night at your house. I probably not yes. not now, but you No. You, I miss it. Yeah. That's what I like. Do you consider yourself an extrovert? I don't really think so. Sometimes it's hard to be uh the center or the host. Mm-hmm. Even at movie night, I'm a little bit uncomfortable because there's so many people that I have to say hi to i want to say hi but i also there's that social anxiety of did i spend enough time with that person Mm -hmm. does that person feel like i didn't spend enough time with them am i being nice am i not being nice am i distracted am i yes i all those things because there's you know however many 30 people at a time right and they all at least want to say hello thanks for having me over you know something and i'm excited to see you when you come it's not that i'm not I just want to make sure I do it right. Mm -hmm. So that's a level of social anxiety that I uh, uh, impose on myself. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all idiots that way. 
No one else would be thinking this. No, it's very interesting. It's illuminating to hear that you have this kind of social anxiety because it's very surprising because you seem very comfortable in that setting and you seem like a, a, a comp- consummate host. I'm a great actor. No, I, I, I have gotten better. Mm-hmm. And one of the great things about doing this for 30 years is you get better. Mm-hmm. But this uh, t- once in a while... You know, it it clicks in. How do you think this year, this lost year, if it's that, lost and gained year, will, on the other side of it, depending on what that looks like, but assuming we go back to, you know, some form of how things were. Yes. Will your social anxiety, do you think, be increased, lessened? I think all of us are going to be so thrilled that the world is returned to us and that we can hug and that we can be together and eat together and drink together and just go to the diner together, yeah. which is like people ask me, where's the first place you want to go? My diner <laughs> is the first place I want to go. Not, you know, Paris. Right. It's we, we want normal back. Right. And we're going to be so happy and so grateful. And that feeling is going to last two weeks. <laughs> I know. And then it'll be like, God damn it. I just want to stay <laughs> home and watch TV. <laughs> Why is this butter so hard? <laughs> right. I know. You know, I hear people talk about it's going to be so weird once we're out there again and blah, blah, blah. And maybe, but I think just because I've had so many years of not being afraid of a, you know, not worrying about a pandemic, um, I think pretty quickly this experience will become bookended and it'll be like I just easily slip back into how I used to be. I hope. Uh, I think. We're going to be – I really think we're going to be so happy. I think all the things that we miss right now, that like travel, that business is going to boom. Mm-hmm. Restaurants, if they survive, God willing, are going to boom, right? Concerts, movies, boom, right. boom, boom. Right. We, you won't be able to stay away. The moment the gates are open, you know, we're going. By the yeah. way, some people go – if a gate is open a tiny bit I know. and it's not even safe to go, they can't wait. I know. Like, you know, people who are, they're going to have the Super Bowl party, whether it's, uh, whether right. I die or not, I'm having my Super Bowl party. I, That's um, stupid. I saw someone that I know posting photos of going to a spa in Mexico. She's like, because yeah. spas are open here. And I was thinking, that's such a different mindset than I have. The idea that like, just like, if it's legal, I'm doing it. Because my whole thing, my the math I'm doing is is not really about yes. what's allowed. It's just about do I feel safe? It's legal to take prescription drugs too. Do you take all of them? I mean, not at once. That's a not at once. <laughs> I mean, it's, people are crazy. Yeah, what they do. You know, you're allowed to bring a gun in certain places. Do we do it? So some people do. Not to get uh, too topical political, but I do have a question. Yeah. Um, how do you what are what what have been your thoughts about the ban on or about outdoor dining in LA and then the ban on yeah. that and then now they're yeah. allowing it again? It's really screwed up, I think. I think that we had they didn't know what to do. They the here goes the death rate is climbing. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden LA is the worst place on earth for the virus. Yeah. They had no idea what to do. Now, if you had a restaurant, you could probably point to data to say it wasn't coming from outdoor dining. Right. But they had no idea. They just wanted people to stay home. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think they are caught between a rock and a hard place. How do, how do you legislate? How do you govern the people? People are not being smart. Right. And the idiots who insist on not wearing a mask when they're next to other people yeah. is is criminal. Right? Mm-hmm. It, there should be a fine for that. There should be things. I, I can't say it was completely wrong to shut outdoor dining because we gotta we gotta cut the people some slack. We have no idea how this works. Right. Even the best countries on earth that at dealing with this, mm-hmm. the moment they open the door, something bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what? I, I don't know what the answer. The only answer is let's all get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that seems to work. And once that happens, we can return to normal. Mm-hmm. I think they, they – and they've done this. Okay, let's try outdoor dining again. If the thing goes up again, you got to shut it down. Yeah. What else can you do? Yeah. I agree. I mean, the, people 
there's the, of course, you know, all the arguments, but I mean, the argument of like, but you have to let people make a living, which I mm-hmm. get, but yes. I feel like, how about just, just there, there needed to be a complete shutdown. People needed to be paid to stay home. That's my feeling. Yes. Give them the money. Yeah. So that they don't that, need see, to that, be Now you just hit there. it on the head. That's right. Other places, right. other countries, they paid for people to stay home. That's how they beat it. We didn't do that. No. You saw those charts. Japan gets this. Mm-hmm. This country gets this. This country gets this, 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 this. United States, zero. I know. They're fighting over whether they give people $2,000 for the 10 months that they've had nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's pretty, That's a uh, fight. It's ridiculous. It's rid- I find that now the closer we are to vaccination, to feeling like maybe we can leave our homes, the harder it is right now. It's like- Everything is more difficult right now because it feels like, oh, it could be over soon. You know, in the, in the movies, when the, the, in the hostage situation, the, the two most dangerous times are when they take you hostage and when you're about to get rescued. That's the most dangerous time. Yeah. So here we are. Right. So we might be stupid and say, well, the vaccine is coming. Yeah, we can have a party. Right. Wait, what? No, yeah. wait. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta right. wait. I, I feel at least... Oh, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. People I know are getting vaccinated. It'll be my turn soon, right? right. And if I have to wait, I waited this long. It's not going to kill me to yeah. do this a little longer. Again, I'm very lucky. I'm not suffering. I have a house and family. I'm, I'm okay. Your family that are living home, they under normal yeah. circumstances, though, where are they? So my daughter would have been in college and then on with her life. So she she was a senior this past year, she went to USC, and then, and then, of course, her senior year was screwed, mm. so she had to abandon the dorm and come live with us. And then life started, you know, post-college. Where's she going? May as well stay. Right. Save the money. Just stay with us. It's not safe out there anyway. Mm-hmm. My son lives with a girlfriend a mile away, and this is our pod. Mm-hmm. They come over every day or every night. We we adopt the best thing we did. We adopted a puppy, Murray, right? Murray, Murray, the Daily. Murray. It was a rescue <laughs> dog, and I tell everybody he saved us Aww. because it was something to focus on during this time. Yeah, and when were you going to have this time to bond with and train your dog? Right, like this. I mean, there's, there's even there's going to be post traumatic stress for the dog mm-hmm. because we won't be here twenty four seven. Once right. this is over. I know. We are with him all the time. I can walk my dog three times a day <laughs> and play with him and cuddle with him. And it's been life-saving to me to have this puppy. Remind me the name of the, the dog that you had before. Oh, we had a Susie before. Susie. We had a Pete. Yeah. yeah, Susie was a smaller dog. We had her for like 15 years. Yeah, she passed uh, at the end of last year. Uh, and then a couple months later, this rescue presented itself, and and that was great. Yeah, was great. He well, I enjoy looking at the photos of him. He's great. Thank you. Um, when I last had you on, you said that the the goal of somebody feed Phil is to get people off the couch. Yes. To like instill in people uh, a yearning to travel because yes. you just think not only does it enrich your own life, it would make the world a better place if every people saw other cultures, et cetera. Um, right. And it's really interesting, though, during this year, the show has been hugely – well, I know Netflix doesn't – I'm going to say it because <laughs> I think that's the, it's the case. The show has been hugely popular. Does that surprise you that in a time where people can't travel at all – where we are, are literally stuck on our couches, figuratively, yeah. not literally, but we're on our couches, yeah. that this is the show they want to watch. I didn't think, I didn't, I didn't know, first of all, I didn't know COVID was coming and then COVID comes and I thought maybe people don't want to watch it because it's a reminder of what you can't do right now. Yeah. But it turns out people like escape and, and uh, there are a few, I read that the some people don't want to see it because they get sad when they see it. Mm. You know, I opened the balcony in Rio and there's 500,000 people. That was so, it's just like, it's just jarring to see a crowd like that. And to think that will probably not be like that for a long time. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was, and and it happened just a few weeks before COVID. We filmed it. Yeah. That was January. I was going to ask you about the timing of it. 
That was January. We got in just under the wire. Wow. Right? And so that, what I want to tell people is, now that we know the vaccines are coming, mm-hmm. watch the show the way you used to. Hey, that place looks cool. Let's plan a trip there. We, Monica and I, we were supposed to go on our 30th anniversary vacation in April. We had to postpone it, of course. But I've now booked it Where where are you going to go? Oh, October. Take it. October. We're going to Venice. Uh, We're going to Marrakesh because I I got to go there for the show, but Monica's never seen it. And now I have friends there and the place is so exotic and spectacular. I want her to see it. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Paris. So those that we're going to do that little trip. Just two weeks. Just so excited to do it. Yeah. But I booked it again for October because I think it will be safe to go then. I think it'll be safe to go even in the summer. I really do. Maybe I should book something. I bet it feels really nice to have that on the calendar. This is life. We must have things to look forward to. Mm -hmm. So so that is what I want to tell everybody. You make that decision to have things to look forward to. The worst that happens is got to postpone it once more. Right. That's the worst thing that will happen. But in the meantime, oh, look at that restaurant. We got a plan to go there. Look at this museum. I've always wanted to see that thing. I want to go here. Look at that hike we can do. Oh, my God. Look at that hotel. (laughs) Right? Uh, Look at that train we can take. Look at that thing. Look at what airline. All these, these kind of thoughts. I haven't even had them. In so long. I miss all of that. And think how great it'll be just to plan. The planning is really yeah. a good part of the fun. Yeah. So do it. Do it. Pick the, pick the place or the episode or the thing or the book or the other show, whatever it is, the magazine article. <laughs> Point to it. Let's do that. Yeah. So now you've done four seasons of the show. Can yeah. you tell me um, – are there like what have you what have you learned along the way and are i mean that's such a general question but like are there things that you did at the beginning that you wish you had done differently uh just like in the sitcom there there were things when you're starting out that you try on like clothes at the beginning just like with your podcast there may be questions that you may have had at the at first or style of mm-hmm. the way you're asking them or being open to spontaneity in the podcast or not. Right. These things that you try on and you have to allow yourself without beating yourself up mm-hmm. the opportunity for mistakes and to see what works and what doesn't. It would be like if literally if you went to the store and expecting every single thing you tried on to be perfect. I mean, yes, That's that happens you- for me, but it's not for – I know not <laughs> everyone has that experience. <laughs> so if you start finding the things that you look good in, right. we stick with those. Yeah. Say, that's the exact same feeling. So I cut myself a lot of slack and I, I had to be trained mentally to, mm-hmm. to do that to make the mistakes. So yes, there might be a couple of things that maybe I wouldn't do. I remember the very first day of the very first shooting in Barcelona for I'll Have What Phil's Having – they put me on the street and they had me talk to the camera. Here we are in Barcelona. And it felt awkward when I was doing it. Uh-huh. And I thought, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm. I think the audience will understand we're in Barcelona if you just follow me walking down the street. <laughs> and then did that – did the interview – like you talking to – sort of the confessional to camera. Yes. Did that replace the stand-up or were you going to do – were you doing both at the beginning? I thought I would do both. I, I thought uh, everything needed a kind of formal setup to the scene. Right. Here we are outside this restaurant. I'm going inside now, That basically. Yeah. And, and then I felt like, wait a minute, we're smarter than that. We don't need all this. But to talk to camera, I thought, here's how that evolved. How do I get the audience to know me? Mm-hmm. They, own, they don't know me. I'm not a famous person. I'm the guy behind the camera. I'm the, I'm the, the writer. What do you do? What if you talk to them? What if you talk directly to them? Just like this. And the model is Annie Hall. He talk, The movie starts. Yeah. He talks right to you and you get to know him. And once you get to know him, you're in his story. Mm-hmm. Now you follow him. And I thought, 
can't do it better than that. Yeah. Just do that. There you go. That's it. Yeah. At first, at first PBS said, we don't think, why is he talking to us? We don't like this. <laughs> Until they sent it to the home office, the PBS big, they said, we love when he talks to the camera. And they came back and said, you should talk to the camera more. <laughs> Television. I feel like I've asked you this, but it's, I'm going to ask it. I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> have you always trusted your gut? You have to trust your gut. The best advice I ever got, and I might have said this before on the last show, but, these, but it was these, two years this, ago, Allison. This, these, yes, not only was it years ago, yeah. but these lessons bear repeating because, I, well, I think the listeners can uh, are inspired by it, but I personally need to hear it because this is like the main thing I work on in my life is trusting my gut Good. more. So that's why I want to hear it. When I was writing the pilot for Raymond, I asked a, an old showrunner named Ed Weinberger, who was legendary. He mm. did the Cosby Show of the eighties. He did he he ran the Mary Tyler Moore Show. He ran Taxi. Right? Said any advice? He goes, do the show you want to do because in the end they're going to cancel you anyway. Yeah. So wow, is that that's a that's a life philosophy? We all get canceled one day. Something, so live your life. Something that you said in 2018, which I was just re-inspired by, you were talking about how we we really fight to get the job. Um, yes. To, 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 yeah, or, or like to be let into this line of work. Why not fight just as hard to have the ideal gig you want? And I think I you said it in different words, but like – you know, why, why not just for, for you when you were creating the show, like why not design the very specific job that you would want and, and, and fight yeah. tooth and nail to get that? Exactly right. I should fight. I mean, I guess it's priorities too. There are some people where it's just their job mm -hmm. and let's make as much money as we can. Right. So I happen to never have – I've never done anything. For just the money, sure, you take jobs when you're first starting out because you have to eat, mm -hmm. right? But once you're eating, now it becomes about how do I want to spend my day? Yeah. And is the money even worth it if I'm going to be miserable at this thing, even if it's in the field I like? Mm -hmm. So you work very, very hard so that you can do what you want in life because otherwise, what is life for? Right, right. If it's not what we want it to be. Yeah, and I think there are so many of us who are doing stuff that's like adjacent to what we want, but it's not yes. exactly the thing because you don't really feel th this idea that you should just, not that everyone can achieve this, but this idea that you, you could design the exact thing you want and then go for it. Like that, that's, it feels like a novel idea. Okay. It's a novel idea. Maybe <laughs> I do think people have done it, but I have to tell you, this dream gig that I have of traveling and eating, mm -hmm. that took 10 years. Yeah. To get that, right? You mean, wait, were now, you pitching if, that specific show for 10 years? Yes. Wow. Now, if I, if I uh, was asked today, was it worth 10 years of your life to get to here? Mm -hmm. I would say yes. Yes, it was. Because look at me now. No, really. I feel so lucky and so happy to have this. What? What would you say to somebody who got, had their dream come true? Is it, was it worth the time you put in? I Always. think they would say yes. Yeah, of course. Uh, was it 10 years of just doing this? No. I found other things to occupy myself so I wouldn't go insane. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a book. This is all after Raymond. So what right. I'm talking about is between Raymond and having the PBS food and travel show, literally 10 years. In between, I wrote a book. That took time. I made a documentary. That took time. Sporting Way race. longer than I wanted it to. That <laughs> took six of those years. Oh, wow. From inception to release. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, uh, everything's a struggle in show business, especially if you care about it being good. Right. Uh, I met a guy uh, when, I, when I handed in my film to Sony. And this old marketing guy, I think he worked on Star Wars. He's an old British guy. 
He says, I like your film. It's really quite good. But I must tell you, when it comes to selling films, good doesn't really enter into it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the title of my next book. <laughs> good, good doesn't really enter into it. What I've been up to in Hollywood. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. How does how because they don't care, but they don't care about good. This yeah. is just another widget coming down the line. How do we sell it? How do we make the money? That's what they're in business for. Mm. I love everything about show business except the business part of show business. So for those 10 years, and I, I'm, I imagine we discussed this, but like what happened? You pitched it and people were saying no or how, how did it yeah. go? Yeah. Well, first of all, if you go into your agent's office after having made a show like Everybody Loves Raymond, which was somewhat successful, right. and you go in and say, you know what I'd like to do now is I'd like to do a food and travel show. They <laughs> act like you pooped on their desk. <laughs> Why would you do that to us is the feeling. Right. Right? Like Why not why, just do another Raymond? Why don't you just shoot yourself in the head <laughs> and leave us alone <laughs> is the feeling I got. <laughs> and it was an uphill battle to get them to care about what I care about. And they, wow. by the way, Allison, they still might not care. <laughs> they don't care that it, it, with a little attention and love, it could be the number one travel show in the world. They don't care because it'll never make the money of a of a uh, sitcom that gets syndicated. So what what is the, their dream for you that you just keep doing that same thing? Whatever makes the most money. Yeah. There 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 are people who who wooed me and wanted me to come over to the agency and then never spoke to me again. Literally. Yeah. Because you know it wasn't for lack of trying. After Raymond, I really – I did write pilots. I even had a spinoff of Raymond ready to go right after Raymond. Mm. They didn't want it. The business had changed. In the nine years that Raymond was on the air, when we finished, the business had changed. All people wanted was a ripoff of Friends. Right. Right? They wanted hipper, younger, sexier, all things. If you look at me, I am not. So I just didn't know what to do. I kept trying, and they kept wanting me to try at this. I'm telling you, everything that the networks pitched to me, I wanted nothing to do with, not just aesthetically, but I didn't feel I could do this. Mm -hmm. Get someone else to write that who's better at it than me. I really thought that. I wasn't mm -hmm. trying to be difficult. Right. And everything I was pitching, they were like, no, thank you. Someone so I thought if I'm going to knock my head against this wall of show business, why not pick that spot on the wall? That I would really like. Mm -hmm. And what's that? This idea. I saw a niche for myself in this idea. That was the anti-Bourdain mm -hmm. superhero model, right? Right. So it was hard to get your reps to believe in you. And then what – like what happened? Ten years went by of you trying to get this idea. What were the steps? Yeah. Uh, I would film little segments myself. Uh, sometimes I would find a sponsor to help let me do a little segment mm -hmm. uh, because I was promoting whatever their thing was. I did a thing for American Express where I went to London for a week with a famous chef, a famous American chef. They wouldn't do it without that component, mm -hmm. but I, I had the connections through, through the restaurant business that I found. We went, we filmed. I thought, this, this is so good. They're going to make a show. No, they didn't want a show. American Express wanted an event for their card, black card members or the gold card members where the chef and I would host a dinner and show clips from our week in London. Mm. But what I did was I took those scenes that we had filmed, edited them, the good parts together, and then started my little tour of Hollywood to every studio and showing that. First place we went was the Travel Channel. Did I tell you this story? Possibly, but I, I don't remember. So tell me again. Okay. I go to the Travel Channel. Uh, by the way, the first place I wanted to go was PBS. And the, the, my agent said, you don't go to PBS. Why not? There's no money in PBS. Mm. Go to the Travel Channel. Okay. I don't know anything. So I go to the Travel Channel. I my hand to God. This is what he says. We've done some research. This is the president of the Travel Channel. We've done some research and we found that our audience doesn't really like travel. <laughs> oh, that is Amazing. Great, right? And I said, I said, oh no, what are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> he goes, well, we figured it out. We do travel adjacent, just like you said, adjacent. 
What does that mean? I said, what does that mean? Right? He goes, well, I'll give you an example. And you'll get it as soon as I say it. We have a show coming on called Pimp My RV. Oh, my God. (laughs) He says, you understand? Yeah. You understand what it is. Uh, They're going to pimp an RV, but they're not going to go anywhere. The pimping of the RV is the show. They don't have to travel. Mm -mm. It's travel adjacent. Yeah. And I'm looking at him like this, like, what the (laughs) What is the world? And they, and and on my way out the door, he goes, oh, by the way, uh, the only food that people are interested in, according to our research, is uh, barbecue. <laughs> Thank you for that on the way out. And I'm at the elevator and I say to the agent, can we go to PBS now? And he says, no, 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 we've got to go to the food channel. Well, that makes sense. I go to the food channel. You're going to think I'm making this up. But the food channel is owned by the same people that own the travel channel. <laughs> and the president... Of the Food Channel literally said, we're kind of getting away from the food thing. Wow. I said, really? (laughs) We do. Barbecue. Uh, You you think you – I know it's going to sound like I'm doing a routine. Mm -hmm. This is my hand to God what he said. We kind of do food adjacent. So all our shows are competition shows that have food as the subject. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about the food. They just want to see these people kill each other. Okay. And on my way out the door, they said, by the way, the only food that people like is barbecue. <laughs> and then and did I you went go to, to PBS? Nope. I had to go to every single other place. I went to – there was an Esquire network at the time. Mm-hmm. There was all these places. Some people said this is a no-brainer. We're definitely doing this. I never heard from them again. Mm. That, have you had those meetings where yeah. you think it could, that, yeah. that went well? I guess we're I guess we're doing it. Right. Never hear from them again. Yes. yes. Finally, I, for, I had forgotten that I had a similar experience. Yeah. PBS will take the meeting. Where is the PBS studio? It, the WGBH, the main uh, studio for PBS, is in Boston. So I fly to Boston mm-hmm. for the meeting. They say, what is the show? I tell them. I say, I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. <laughs> and they said, that sounds great. We've been looking for a food and travel show with humor for years. Oh, that's so great. I guess and they we're didn't giving have, you – They didn't have the research. We're giving you six on the air. Oh, wow. And I called my brother who was already a TV producer and I said, I'm, I got a show. I'm going to travel around the world and show you where to eat. And he goes, they're giving you that show. I said, yes. He said, what are they going to call it? The lucky bastard? (laughs) And I said, quit your job and produce this with me. And we'll call our production company Lucky Bastards. I love that. And that's what we did. I love that. And now it's the – and that after 10 years, that was the dream. Now, PBS, it went very well. Six episodes – very popular show. For whatever reason, they couldn't afford to do more. Mm-hmm. That's the PBS world. Not disparaging them, but that's right. just – it's a crazy, crazy uh, uh, set of priorities in America. I don't understand mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And here comes Netflix. And Netflix was – that was the best meeting I've ever had in my life. That first meeting at Netflix. I wish this on everybody. A meeting that goes like this. So – was there anything that you wanted to do at the other show that you couldn't do? Oh, wow. That's the question you want. Yeah. What would you tell them? I said, I'd like a theme song. <laughs> and I got the theme song that we talk about. But that, that, was, that was like music mm-hmm. to hear that, right? And the beautiful thing about Netflix is you go, they don't bother you. Their notes are actually good and constructive. When they give them, and you can take them or not. Oh wow! They in 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 both good and bad ways, they don't care. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's your show, and the, the meaning of that is it's twofold. And on the good side, yes, you get to do what you want. On the second, the, the on the bad side, it's maybe they have so many shows that they can't pay attention. Right. It's hard to get them on the phone even. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing, you give them the six episodes, they push a button, you're on 190 countries forever. That's amazing. That's that's amazing. That's an amazing amount of freedom. It doesn't feel like show business. You know what else is amazing, Phil? What? 
Bombas socks. Oh, I love socks. But specifically Bombas. Here's the thing. (laughs) Now, if you love socks. Yes. Once you try Bombas, they'll actually make you dislike all your other socks because that's how good they are. They hug your feet. They have reinforced heel. They're like the most comfortable. When I first put on my first pair of Bombas, and this was now years ago, when I put them on, I was like, now I now you've ruined all my other socks for me. So I'm I mean I don't know if you're ready to do that with you but you should. They're that oh, comfortable because they Allison, have yes. Ruin me. <laughs> Get Bombas. I'm telling those you. Socks. You will put them on and you'll be like, "Oh my god, why don't my other socks hug my foot in this way?" They're just they're so comfortable. But they do more than keep your feet cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community because for every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 40 million pairs of socks and counting. Give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash best friend. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash best friend for 20% off your first purchase, bombas.com slash best friend. And I also want to tell you guys about purple. Throw some bedding on a bunch of different mattresses and sure, they all look alike. The same goes for pillows, but peel away the layers. Look at what's inside and you'll see they aren't all created equal. And that's what makes every purple pillow and mattress unlike anything you've ever slept on. The purple grid, and I'm holding an example of it. My kids, when I received this, my kids grabbed this and they want to, it's like very fun to touch and play with. So I had to... uh I had to steal it back from them. The purple grid sets the purple mattress apart from every other mattress. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style with over 1,800 open air channels designed to neutralize body heat. Purple provides a cooling effect other mattresses can't replicate. And this cutting edge technology doesn't stop with the mattress. Every purple pillow is engineered with the grid for total head and neck support and absolute airflow. So you're always on the cool side of the pillow. Experience the purple grid and you'll sleep like never before. Go to purple.com slash best friend 10 and use promo code best friend 10 for a limited time. You'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash best friend 10 promo code best friend 10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more terms apply. Now, I said that I was holding up the purple grid and you could look at it. You might be thinking, where? I'll tell you. YouTube.com slash Allison Rosen. YouTube.com slash Allison Rosen. Make sure you're subscribed. It allows, that's how I'm measuring my self-worth these days by those numbers. So uh, we could all use a boost. So make sure you're subscribed. You can watch this show there. Phil, uh, will there be a season five? Uh, I don't know. I think they're negotiating right now. We need Netflix to, you know, step up. Uh, and we also need the world to be returned to us. Right. Right? If not, I'm going to crawl into bed with my purple pillow and my socks <laughs> from Bombas. And that'll be my life for the rest. But I, I would imagine, because the show seems to be doing well, that we get. But listen, you know, Netflix, they don't do many seasons of shows right their their whole thing is new 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 you know when you turn it on Mm -hmm. and you see new posters at the bottom all those thumbnails of posters yeah that the computer has told them that the more new things they have there the more new subscribers and after a certain point people aren't subscribing to netflix because of your show that's been on a few years interesting Interesting. And the, I don't like the sad that. news is I don't think anybody gives up Netflix just because their favorite show goes away. Right. Because we all have the FOMO. Yeah. And we don't we don't want to miss, you know, what do you mean Bruce Springsteen they filmed his Broadway show? I have to have it for that, right? Mm. There's always something like that that's right. gonna be on. Right. So everything the the struggle never ends is the point. The struggle never ends. You have to fight for everything. Yeah. But I do love them. I do. I really do. I, I just wish that it was like the old days where a show is doing well, you keep it going. That everything is different now. Did you get discouraged during those 10 years? Oh, yeah, of course. 
I mean, but you didn't give not up just on the discouraged. Idea. I get depressed like everybody else. Yeah. I get sad. I get frustrated. I pull my hair out. I, I have anxiety. I have, you know, mm. like everybody. But I didn't know what the alternative was. Right. I had to keep fighting for this thing I loved. Otherwise, what's the point? And I've said this. I think I even say it in the show. At, uh, I think in the San Francisco episode, I have this really nice conversation with, with an old friend of mine from college that when we graduated and we didn't have a pot to piss in mm. in New York and we were struggling and doing horrible jobs, we were happy mm-hmm. because we were at least pursuing the life we wanted to be in the theater or to work in show business, and we were free. We didn't have homework. We didn't have a uh, you know a class that we had to be at, or our parents tell us what to eat. <laughs> we were free, and mm-hmm. the pursuit of happiness is built into our uh, country, yeah. right into the Declaration. That's I love that, and I felt that even on my worst day, mm-hmm. the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. So I want everybody who's listening to to know that you at least live in a place where we get to do that. It's your freedom to do that, right? Right. right. So uh, that's nice. What did What did Monica think during? Like, what did she think of the idea of the project? She uh, wanted me to be happy. And she wanted me to pursue happiness. She wanted me to, if this is what was going to make me happy, and she thought it was, you know, maybe a crazy idea. I don't know. You'd have to ask her if she thought I was nuts. But she does, she has seen me manifest what I've wanted for a long time, Mm -hmm. even if it takes a long time. And we encourage each other to do that. Otherwise, why are we here? Right, right. Um, let's do a just me or everyone. This is yes. something that you think or do and you wonder, is it just you? Is it everyone? Here's a little song. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Phil, do you have one? Yeah, it, it. I don't understand the people who are perfectly fine. Well, and this is assuming everything is back to normal. Going to a restaurant and it's definitely loud. Yes. I don't understand it. I don't like it. And I invest in restaurants. That's how stupid I am. <laughs> but I love because it's 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 an art form. It's theater. It's you can eat it. It's our social life. It's everything. It's traveling when you can't travel. Mm-hmm. You go to the restaurant. It's environmental theater with right. food and drink and friends and family. It's everything I love in life is a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And when you go to a great one, there's nothing better except when it's so loud, I can't hear you. Yes. I can't even hear myself think. And sadly, Allison, you'll see the older we get the more this bothers you. There's something in our ears that make us crazy. I know. Right? That's what I was going to say. Is the, is the, is the volume, uh, is that a young people's game? Like who enjoys that? Who enjoys the music and the acoustics? Uh, like no, wh- those restaurants where it just magnifies uh, the, the din of everyone yes. talking and the loud music on top of it. I know I sound old, but who enjoys that? Do you know why they do it? I don't know why. It's not accidental. Is it to make it seem like a hip happening scene? I thought that was the answer. What, it's what worse it? than that, the answer. To, to hide the, the screams of the meat? What I mean, I eat meat. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> As they kill cows in the back. No. I want to no. get, let me see if I can guess. You want to guess? guess? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to keep, um, it is. Think of the most cynical reason. It makes you spend more money? You're getting close. Uh, it makes you eat more. It makes you tip more. It. Oh, no, I know. To get you in and out faster. You got it. Just like uncomfortable chairs. You got it. How inhospitable the hospitality industry can be. See, that's the whole thing. Yeah. The whole, the whole preamble to this of why we go, right? right. It's, it's now, no, that's not what they're thinking. Right. No, they're thinking how... 
How many yes. people can we get in and out? So I, I, I swear I'd rather pay more and, and turn it down. Yeah. You know what I do now? And I advise everyone to do this. Ask them to turn it down? I say, I have a little trouble hearing. Which, by the way, is true. <laughs> and so then you're asking for them to turn it down or you're asking for like a quieter spot or both? Either. Now, to really sound like an old person, though, doesn't it seem like there was a time before it was like this everywhere? Yes. There, so there, so it, it became a trend, right? Yes. And they were designing the restaurants acoustically, purposely to be loud. Yes, that's what I'm saying. By the way, the byproduct is that young people think it's hip and cool. And, and I know at least one restaurant in New York, a famous restaurant, with very, uh, very expensive, hip restaurant that was really hard to get into where the chef would crank rock and roll to a deafening level because he liked it. Are you not going to say what it is? Uh, I don't know if it's fair to say what it is. All right. You don't have to. If you it, don't well, maybe it, well, it isn't that anymore, maybe. And it, it, it was Bobbo when it first uh, oh. made this scene. Yeah. Yes. I only went there and once. And didn't care. And there are chefs with a kind of screw you attitude. Mm-hmm. This is my plate. You don't like it. Get out. And, and they have the luxury to do that because everyone wants to be there. Yeah. Because they got so much great press and the food really is fantastic enough that you would kill to get in. And so they do what they want. And, and I know chefs who uh, had nothing for vegetarians on the menu, and they literally told you to get out if you wanted a substitution or that you were vegetarian, you couldn't eat that. Right. They say, don't eat here then. Hmm. Now, can you just leave the pork off that we don't plate do. of spinach? No, I can't leave it off. Get out. I feel like we, we, we celebrate that personality in chefs. Like we've we've uh, it's uh, badass, I guess. Yeah, I'm so the opposite of that. I'm like, so you're paying whatever you want. Yeah, right. Of course, I'll do that for you. What are you? you somebody has an allergy. You're not going to accommodate them, right? But Someone if, could die if they eat this. <laughs> to go back to the volume thing, what I really yeah. dislike is a birthday celebration. And it's been a while since I've had one of these, but a birthday celebration. So it's like, you know, six to 10 people around a table at a loud restaurant, because then yeah. you really are only talking to the people right next to you. Like, there's no way exactly for that. Right. And then That's I've right. actually had nights where I get back in the car afterwards and I feel angry. I feel angry yes. because I, I, it didn't have to be like that. No. Well, so what, what do we learn from that? You need to book the private room. Yeah. I've, I've or, or find a restaurant that has one or right. don't do it or, or the restaurant is conducive to this or there's an outdoor patio somewhere where you can just be off. By the way, most dinner parties, you are talking to the, the three or four people immediately around you right. no matter what. There's the, it's just not. Yeah, that's true. Right? But the round table makes it a little easier. Yeah. Get the round table. The round table. Um, yes. Phil, do you need to tell anyone to go fuck themselves? Yes. Okay, please do. And then uh, we have a little sting that we play, but I'll play it after. Ready? Yeah, you tell me. Marjorie Green. Got to say say a little more. Say a little more and then say, hey, Marjorie Green, and then I'll play it. Hey, Marjorie Green. Hey, hey. Fuck yourself. We really stuck it to her. But see, <laughs> I usually don't do that. I'm usually nice and give people the benefit of the doubt. But she tweeted something this morning as we're taping this, where she, she the night before she pretended to apologize for some heinous things that she said mm-hmm. and crazy beliefs. And she kind of gave a half-assed, uh, uh, not, it wasn't even an apology, was it? It was a recanting, maybe, a little bit. She was told to do it. She did it. And then this morning she tweeted, ha-ha, can you believe those Democrats are such morons that they fell for that? Oh, my God. I have one more thing to say to her. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And it's not just her. It's the whole system that enables her yeah. and the people around her that enable her. And I thought when we got rid of the one guy – that it would be better, but it turns out the cancer has metastasized. <laughs> right. Well, that's the question. Like, is it the party of that one guy? 
It kind of seems it like seems it. It seems it. Sure seems like it. And and he gets away with it? Yeah, really. I'm not to get political, but this is just right and wrong, people. Right. You think he's going to get away with it? Or do you think there will be any sort of uh, justice? Right now, it doesn't look like it, that there's going to be justice. Right now, it looks like we've been reduced to a football game, and you win at any cost for your team. And even though we know this is cheating or lying, doesn't matter, have to win. It is crazy that like the biggest repercussion he's had to face is that he got booted off Twitter, and yet that feels significant. Yeah, because we know he loves it so much. Right. He's also booted out of SAG, which is hilarious. What a weird world. What a yes. truly insane world. By the way, the Southern District of New York is waiting in the wings. Well, it's So there might be a reckoning, even if God, all this goes south. God, I hope so. You just want to – it, 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 does it affect our lives, really? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, but you want, it does affect our sleep. It affects mm-hmm. our – are feeling that the world is a is a is a moral place that things and that, make sense, and that, yeah, and that good triumphs over evil. Literally, good right. triumphs over evil. We need that. We had it on November 9th. We had it, right, mm-hmm. yeah, but we didn't have it so that we could watch January sixth, right? Yeah, uh, I know. We got to get through it. Got to keep fighting. It's uh, just like show business. The struggle never ends. So many of these struggles we're in now, I just didn't think we'd be in in my lifetime. Yes. So it's- yeah. And people, people much older than you or me right. are, are mortified. Uh, my mother passed away yeah. in October, but uh, a year ago, but she was a Holocaust survivor, mm. right? I'm almost glad that she didn't see that. January 6th. Right. Because it would have scared the shit out of her. Yeah. Because she was there. Yeah. Right? That's that's some I can't imagine people who live through the worst of human beings treating each other uh uh cruelly, horribly, sadistically, murderously mm-hmm. to watch that mob right. and to see that happen here is so disgusting. Well, that's the thing that just kills me is for people to not see the historical echoes and to not draw those parallels like we've seen these kind of things play out before we need to take yeah. this way more seriously and then it feels like people yes. want to take it this is not just like you know some protesters getting together this is a no has, it's much more nefarious and insidious yes yes uh but there's still i have to believe there's more good people than bad out there uh, in my travels around the world that include this country. I go to places where I'm scared to go because I've heard things. Mm-hmm. And then you meet the actual people and they're lovely. Yeah, right? you, you said that, that the peop- in general, people are nicer than their governments. So much better. <laughs> so much better. Which, which brings up the question, then how does this happen? Unless, you know, like Elizabeth Warren says, the game is rigged. Right. You know, it is on Wall Street, certainly. We've seen that. Yeah. But it may be rigged in ways that we are either too dumb or too complacent to know, right? Do you think so? Could be. How do you explain stuff? How do you explain, you know, I think there was a poll that 90% of people want better gun safety laws Mm -hmm. because it's just a common sense thing. It doesn't mean take away your guns. Don't write to me or shoot me. (laughs) Same. But just some common sense rules. How is it that we can't get that done? Yeah. I don't know. Something's not right. Right. How is it that a lady can say, yes, I think Nancy Pelosi should be shot. And then she works with Nancy Pelosi in the same office. How, what other job is there where that could happen? Right. And they're powerless to get rid of this lady or ladies or people. Or guys who lie openly to our faces and in, in, incite uh, this mob behavior? How is this allowed? Yeah. I don't know. Like that article about the adults in the room. Like, where are these adults? Yes. Why, are, yes. why is nothing happening? It, yeah, it's, 
Uh, it and you and I shouldn't be the only ones screaming about mm-hmm. it on the thing. It should be people who know, have this- more power than than you or I in this regard. Yes, right. Yeah, Phil Rosenthal. Clearly, you and I have it all figured out. If they would just listen to us. If they would just listen to us. Um, It was so nice having you on the show. I love seeing you, Allison. I can't wait for this to be over and we go and eat. Me too. Tell everyone uh, where they can find you, what they should look out for. Do your plugs. I'm on the Instagram, Phil.Rosenthal. You could see me. You could see Murray, cutie pie Murray. You could see Murray. The Daily Murray. And then, and then I'm on the Twitter, Phil Rosenthal. I'm on the, even the, the Facebook, and I am uh, uh, have the Somebody Feed Phil program. That's Wonderful. All. <laughs> and if you like what you're hearing, please make sure you're subscribed, tell a friend, download, leave a nice review. Five stars is my favorite number. That helps the show. It helps people find the show. Uh, yes. Listen to my other podcast that I do with Greg Fitzsimmons. It's my parenting-ish podcast. It is called Childish. Oh, and I love him, too. He's you got to come on Childish. We don't have guests that often on Childish, but when we do, we got to have you on and we can talk parenting stuff. Oh, I'd be a good guest. I'm an expert in uh, parenting. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, t- I'll let him know that we have a parenting okay. expert who wants to come yes. on. Um, follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff there. Weekly bonus episodes. I do Zoom parties. Uh, you can get the Thursday show videos, Monday show videos that were on YouTube, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. Also, I'm on Cameo. Oh, and I should have mentioned my, my thing that I, uh, uh, that takes up all my time these days is curating my Amazon storefront, amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen, amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. I've made all these lists of, of stuff that I recommend, that I use, that I like. You can shop my podcasting gear, my makeup, my beauty stuff, stuff for kids, home stuff, all that stuff uh, is, is there, amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. All right. Thank you again, Phil. It was so wonderful seeing you. Everyone, go, if you haven't seen Somebody Feed Phil, go watch all of it. You will be in love with it, and <laughs> the song will be stuck in your head forever. Um, listeners, you matter. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? 